Hey there, broken salespeople. Welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and today we're here fixing broken sales skills again. Actually, we're more fixing broken salespeople today. Um, I really want to talk about some of the internal monologue that a lot of sales guys have and how it's dead wrong, how it ignores the science that actually created the terms that they're using. So I want to talk about a few terms. I want to talk about type A personalities and alpha personalities. Now, last week I talked about how masculinity has intertwined with sales in almost every facet, how it's made the entire sales industry its copy, that all of the toxic masculine ideas have seeped into the pores of sales across the board. But I want to talk about these two terms specifically um, because they are used to justify a lot of toxic masculine behaviors, type A personality and alpha behaviors. So where did those terms come from and how come they're being used wrong today? Type A was never meant to measure success. Neither was alpha. In fact, both of these have sunk into the popular culture and taught us the wrong things. Um, they're misconstrued. Um, the same way you watch and see a new study where a new scientific study came out saying, and they read the headline. They don't read that, hey, there's only 40 people in the trial. They just read the headline. So type A personality, the idea comes from two doctors uh, by the name of Friedman and Rosenman back in, I believe, the 1960s. I forgot to look that up. You see, Friedman and Rosenman were cardiologists, and they started noticing a trend with their patients. Um, they actually noticed it after the upholstery on their chairs started to wear out. You see, the men who kept coming in with these cardiovascular issues over and over again, tended to have the same personality traits. They were under a lot of stress. They would fidget. They would tap their fingers, jump around. They were impatient and they moved around in their chairs. So Friedman and Rosenman actually wound up having to reupholster the chairs more often because of how fidgety their patients were because they don't deal well. So after they noticed that, they tried to do a study. And they wanted to see how behavior links to heart disease. And so they separated people, uh, roughly 3,000 people, pretty much right in half. Type A personalities, type B personalities. The people who were impatient, aggressive, they were labeled as type A. The people who were a little more patient, a little more understanding, a little less task-focused, those were the type Bs. There was never any correlation between type A and success other than people who are at high paying jobs tend to be under stress. <laughs> there wasn't, hey, you need to be a type A to be in a successful job. It was people in su uh, successful jobs in the top of the pyramid tended to have a lot of stress. They wound up carrying a lot of weight. The study was more about seeing who was a ticking time bomb in terms of heart issues, and that's what they found. The type A personalities were twice as likely than the type B personalities to have some kind of heart condition. Nothing about success in business. 
who was going to be a ticking time bomb. That's what type A was. However, the term kind of invaded the common lexicon of the nation. And people started labeling each other, type A, type B, type A, type B. And then the people started noticing. The people who, the top brass, the top of the pyramid people, they tended to be type A. And the reason is because they're under the most stress. They've got to deal with a lot more than the people on the ground who just have to, you know, clock in and clock out every day. People at the top who are responsible for hundreds of employees. Yeah, they're type A because they're under a lot of stress. But it wasn't they promoted a type A person. It was they promoted somebody and put them in a job that forced them to become a ticking time bomb. That's where type A, that term comes from. It's not a positive. It never was. It was never meant that way. Now it's seen as a positive, but in reality, it just means that, hey, you must be really successful because you may be ready to have a heart attack. Makes no sense if you actually read the study. Now let's talk about alphas. (laughs) This is another one of those fun stories that you only hear. So the term alpha came from a guy by the name of Rudolf Schenkel, S-H-E-N-K-E-L. He did a study of wolves in 1948. Um, He was studying wolves in captivity. And he noticed that in captivity, the dominant male and the dominant female would fight for position. They would try to control the other wolves in the enclosure. In 1968, another author um, wrote a book. His name was David Mech, and he wrote a book called The Wolf, Ecology and Behavior of an Endangered Species. And this one became a bestseller. And he borrowed very heavily on Rudolf Schenkel's work. It was Mech who popularized the term that Schenkel coins. Mech is the one who started really talking about alphas. Until later on, he got to study wolves in the wild. And the alpha personality wasn't there. See, in the wild, wolves behave very much like family units. The lead wolf is usually the mom and the dad. It's The pack is usually the five or four pups and the two parents. There isn't a competition for resources. But in captivity, it's different. See, in captivity, it's not a family atmosphere. It's more like a prison. These wolves are sent in from all different family units, and they don't know how to react in this situation. They don't understand that you're not the father anymore. This wolf is. So they have to fight for control. Add to the fact that they're competing over scarce resources, that alpha has to emerge because they're afraid of not having anything. That's not a healthy scenario to be in. That alpha only emerged when you had a scarcity mindset, when you were afraid of actually surviving. Like you did not think that survival was a likely course of action. When you were desperate, you became an alpha. Not before. So just like you don't become a type A until you're put under a lot of stress, You don't become an alpha until you're put in a a situation of scarcity. 
that's the opposite of most people's impression of those terms. People think that alphas get everything, that they have this life of abundance. But in reality, most alphas are playing from a place of scarcity, that they're afraid of losing everything. Most type A's, same thing. They're afraid of losing everything. They're afraid that the world can come crashing down at any minute. And that's why they start lashing out. It's why they become aggressive. It's why they become impatient because they feel like if they don't move fast, those resources that they need to survive will dry up. Being a type A or an alpha comes from a scarcity mindset, period. Comes from a scarcity mindset. Vulnerability is something different. So I've talked about showing strength being an alpha, being in control. Talk about being the type A, the person who's always in control, the person who's go, 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 go. Vulnerability is a different kind of strength. See, most people have problems. It's happened to all of us. We've all have our rough spots. In fact, I discussed some of my worst periods of my life in episode one of this podcast. How... I had a mental breakdown, how I was having panic attacks, how I was a grown man with a big bushy beard crying into my pillow, like ugly crying, snot the whole nine. It's the worst moment of my life, and I'll never take it back. (laughs) I'll never ask to change it because I know if that vulnerability didn't happen, if I didn't have that crack in my facade, my alpha personality didn't get challenged to that degree, I wouldn't be where I am today. See, there's something more powerful about having cracks in the foundation and admitting them than ignoring them. And that's what most salespeople do is they try to gloss over the fact that their product doesn't help everybody. They're afraid to say, you know what? This isn't right for you. You should go down the street because they're afraid scarcity mindset. They don't do what's in the best interest of the customer. They do what's in the best interest for themselves because they're afraid of not having the resources. If you do the right thing for one person, they will send five people to you. Um, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a spiritual person. I don't really believe in the universe or the source, but it works somehow that by doing the right thing for that person, It comes back multiple times. But if you operate every single time as if if you don't get this deal, you're not going to eat this month, you're never going to be successful. You never will. Um, You need to admit your own vulnerabilities. You have to admit your fears. You have to admit when your product isn't right. Because the second you let somebody buy the product that isn't right for them in a Yelp world, everybody's going to know about it. It's a different mindset. It's not about being a closer. It's about doing the right thing. It's about authentically wanting to solve a problem. I've said this a lot of times. Sales is not about collecting money. Just flat out isn't. It's about collecting money in exchange for solving problems. And if you think that your problem solves, your solution is the solution for everything, um, you're selling snake oil. 
there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a magic bullet. It's all comes down to admitting where your product works, where it doesn't, and being honest and forthright with people. If you do that consistently and you don't put up the alpha facade and you don't put up the type A facade, you're going to attract more customers than you know what to do with. But it starts by getting rid of that scarcity mindset. The idea that you're in captivity with other wolves. That's where you're going to get hurt. That's where you're going to have the breakdown I did. So I hope that this has opened your eyes to some of the things that you see in the sales world. Um, I hope that you guys pay attention to this. I don't expect you to take all of this in and believe it right away. Uh, I know only a small percentage of you will take what I'm saying to heart. I'm okay with that. Three months from now, a year from now, five years from now, I hope this pops back in your head. (laughs) Um, When things do go a little rough, and I'm not wishing bad times on you, but times will come. Bad days happen. I want you to think and ask yourself, did it come because I was afraid of losing everything or because I was worried of having too much? Was it an abundance issue or a scarcity issue? Was I afraid of the other wolves or was I willing to help the pack as a whole? It's a big, big mindset change. Um, Make sure you question yourself. Don't be that toxic type A personality. Don't be the ticking time bomb. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Please take the time to like, to subscribe. I hope you guys have really enjoyed the content that I've been putting out. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at brokensalespeople.com slash connect. You can find all of my uh, platforms there. Um, Again, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Um, I will look forward to talking to you guys next week. Um, I will be speaking with Laura Bennett, um, who is working in a federal job that she's not as excited about. And I'm really excited to have that conversation. Um, I think that'll open a lot of your eyes and ways to motivate yourselves. Um, That will be out on Monday at midnight uh, Eastern time. uh, My conversation with Laura Bennett. Um, Excellent. Um, Excellent, excellent talk. I think you guys will love it. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again. Make sure you like, subscribe, connect, um, and I will see you guys next time. Until then, go fix yourself.